Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, the founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making keeps us hidden from the world and from each other. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. And while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people that have been through extraordinary situations and struggles and have found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from them. Today I'd like to welcome my guest, Regina Rosa Celeste. She's another friend of mine from Women's Prosperity Network, and I'd like to welcome Regina. Are you here with us? I am. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for being our guest today and, uh, and standing up and speaking up and sharing your true power from your within. Um, Regina, you and I know each other, but not, I mean, we've met a few times, kind of a casual thing at the WPN, but I've got to tell you, when I do my research for my show, I, do, I pull up some YouTube videos. And I was watching two of them this morning, um, two separate ones. One was a fellow, the realtor that you had been interviewed by, and uh, then Nancy Matthews, who's the founder of Women's Prosperity Network. And it's so interesting to learn so much more about my guests by listening to what they say to other people. Um, and it kind of pulls in, like you said, right before we started here, too, that there are things that happened in your life that I know a little bit about, but not a lot of bit about. And honestly, it, was, it didn't really affect me, so I didn't pay attention to it. But putting it in perspective of our show, I'm like, wow, she does have something to talk about, changing things from the inside out. So I've done a lot of talking, but I just want to welcome you and thank you for your experiences and thank you for sharing today what you've been through. So... Let me get let people uh, hear who you are. I've got a short yeah. bio here. I got a short bio. It's called uh, as an international speaker, best-selling author, and I love this part, recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Regina Rosa Celeste, known as the internal peace revolutionist, specializes in speaking, coaching, and teaching skills of internal peace. Conscious-minded individuals hire her to support them in getting unstuck and out of the quicksand that they feel in their lives. Regina specializes in teaching tools of lasting transformation and helping people create results that stick. Changing the way the world experiences peace, she equips her clients and students to empower themselves to lasting change. By creating more inner peace in the world, there is more abundance, more wealth, greater health, and deeper connection to each individual's life mission and purpose, creating sustainable world peace. And I have to be totally honest, when I hear world peace, it takes me back to that show, I can't remember the name right now, where the girls are in the beauty pageant and they're all talking about world peace. And it was kind of a buzzword all those years ago, world peace, world peace. But your world peace is really inner peace and starting with the individual. And so can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where, you, where you're at right now in your life? And uh, then I've got some really fun questions. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm honored. Thank you so much, Debbie, for having me. I um, I love how how we've integrated and woven in our lives together because just like you said, when we met, we we know each other from a woman's community, and it's been 
an amazing journey that I've been on over the last couple of years specifically. And you're right, when I think about the, <laughs> the beauty pageants, it was always a cliche because the girls would often say, oh, I just want world peace. And it was like, what is that? Like, how, how lame? You know, like I would say that to exactly. myself because I was watching these girls. And I was like, it sounds so ridiculous, like Pollyanna, you know, like, come on, girls, like really unicorns, rainbows, and butterflies. Like, let's get real, right? There's, there's hunger in the world. There's suffering. There's people getting sick. Nowadays, obviously, it's everywhere, right? Pandemics and, you know, fires and floods and, like, the world is falling apart. Like, what are you talking about world peace? How's that going to happen, you know? And, um, and through my own quest and my own journey of having the exact opposite, which was my own internal turmoil and going through my own depths of, I honestly say, kind of like feeling like the depths of hell, where I had a lot of shame, I had a lot of guilt, I had a lot of uh, self-criticism. And although I looked really happy on the outside, there was a lot going on inside me. And I love your story, I love even, you know, the name of, of your mission, which is the woman behind the smile, right? And it's all about, like, who are we? Like, who are we really at our core? And when I was going through my second um, very intense round of depression, which was just a few years ago, I actually got really, really still and quiet, and I started asking spirit, what was the purpose and I said, if I ever have to go through this again, I want to know why. And so when, it, when I, now, in hindsight, I call it a gift. When I got gifted with the second round of depression, which lasted, the first one was about nine months, the second one was about 11 months. And um, there was a lot going on in my life with my family and with myself, and I was going through my own challenges, and then my, both my parents got ill. And... I got really, like I said, I got really quiet and still, and I asked Spirit to tell me why, what was the purpose of the second depression, like what was the lesson that I was supposed to learn. And the lesson was that I could stand on my own two feet no matter what was happening in my life, and that the peace that I was craving was going to come from the inside. It wasn't going to come from outside circumstances. And so interestingly enough, <laughs> I went through some amazing experiences, including um, lots of betrayal, as I, I'm sure a lot, of us, a lot of us might feel like we've been through before, whether it's a friend or a business partner or a lover, um, you know, feelings, and including betrayal, don't have to be put in a box. They can be anything, right, that makes us feel that way. And we get to take responsibility for that. And so I got to take responsibility for who I was attracting and who I was being to receive that. And I got to transform that. And I got to go from being a victim to somebody that understood. This happened to me for a, a reason. And in that experience, I really, really, really cultivated internal peace because I realized it doesn't matter what happens to me. I get to decide how I respond to it. And um, that's been the mission that I've been working on ever since. And I love what I get to do. I get to serve people. I get to help people really find the peace within their heart and within themselves so that they can then bring that out to the world and, yes, create world peace because that's how we create it. It's from within, and we create a ripple effect in the world. That's my belief. Can I ask you something? Um, you know, after my husband died, I'm sure I went through 
periods of depression, but I was just so busy that I don't know that I really recognized it for what it was. Can you just kind of describe how you felt in those times when you were, you, as you described it, hitting rock bottom? Oh, yeah. Um, and I love that you asked this question because it's a really descriptive process when someone, and I've had people actually ask me, like, how do you know when you're depressed? And how I knew I was depressed was I was denying it, first of all. That was the first step, um, was I was in this place of, oh, no, I'm not, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But I started to feel in my body really, really heavy. Like, I remember feeling there were days where I literally felt like there was bricks on top of me, and I had such a hard time physically getting out of bed because I couldn't, almost like I couldn't breathe. And I felt like I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Like if someone gave me a knife and said, here, you can cut your skin and you'll be able to put it back on tomorrow. And I'm sorry for the graphic, but that's kind of how it was. Like if someone gave me permission to take off my skin as an outfit and put on someone else's, I would have done that. And obviously we can't do that. But um, yeah, it was a very visceral experience. And I remember one morning I woke up, and that was kind of like my awakening. I woke up, and um, I was supposed to speak for, I don't know if, uh, Pat Rogers. You know Pat Rogers. I, I do, yeah. Yep. So I was supposed to speak for, um, for one of her events, and it was like, you know, I was just starting to speak and um, get my message out, but I was really struggling. And I was, like, feeling like such a phony, like such an imposter. Like, who am I to speak about anything right I'm over here suffering and I looked up at the ceiling and I remember saying having these thoughts like these really dark and kind of you know low vibration thoughts and I got this other thought which was Regina this is your window this is your opportunity and you need to you need to decide right now because if you don't change something you're going to get stuck here for a long time were you living by yourself at the time no, actually, I was living. Um, I was living back with my family, which I love. My family. We have, you know, a great relationship now. But at the time, there was a lot of um, a lot going on. You know, both my parents at that time they we didn't know that they were sick yet. But my mom um, had her second round of uh, cancer a month mm-hmm. after. Like that was kind of like the the precipice of all of it starting. So. I had just moved back to the area and I was home for about a month and I was like looking for a place to move out and I was going to, you know, kind of get back on my own two feet. Um, But I didn't want to be back in Florida and I knew I had to come back. And so when I came back, I had a lot of resentment. I was angry, not at anyone, but just at the situation. And um, it was like an avalanche of of crap (laughs) that just hit me. And uh, my mom got sick, and then my dad got sick. He got a tumor in his brain, and um, my sister and I were fighting because, you know, family drama, right? Like when parents get sick, a lot of things come to the surface, and um, and it was amazing because now we're a very loving family. We've always been very loving, but now we're very communicative. We're very open. We don't fester things. We talk about things. We have family dinners once a week. Um, and it's all because we went through the pain together in our own way, right? Like each one of us, I think, in life 
get the responsibility, but also the privilege of, if we, if we take it this way, of hitting rock bottom. Because when you hit rock bottom, you can't go anywhere else but up. And no, that's it, a true statement. And I was just thinking you know, um, that we're able to, uh, let me put it in perspective here. I work with a lot of women that um, have been through very traumatic situations and perhaps are living alone, perhaps are, are around their family but they don't talk. They haven't talked about what happened. Were you able to discuss with your family what you were going through and were they able to work with you on that? I, don't, I know you're in control of your own, your own thing, but could they help you through some of this or who, who was there to help you through? Yeah, and Debbie, that's such a great question. I'm so glad you brought that up because that, that was the other piece was I wasn't able to talk to them because I felt like who am I to burden them and I felt guilty. And here I was living with others, right? So like, you know, putting in perspective, somebody who is alone is going to have an even probably, I mean, not to compare because they're both challenging, but it is so important to find someone that you trust. Like I ended up hiring a coach because I was so ashamed of what my thoughts were telling me. And I really had to disassociate from, the, from them. Like I had to literally... Um, almost like I was dealing with someone else. And that's when I knew there was a problem. That's when I was willing to get out of the denial and accept that there was an issue because I realized that my thoughts were not serving me. Like literally, I would go to the gas station to get gas and I was, something in my brain was like demoralizing me. Like who are you to, to take gas? You don't know how to take gas. You don't know how to put pump in the car and you're doing this wrong. Like there's no way to put gas in the car wrong. You either put the pump in the, in the tank or you don't. That's it. And that's when I knew something's wrong. And I have, you know, a lot of training with my yoga, my meditation, my energy work. And I was literally, like, pulling out all of my tools, trying to get support, but I was in denial. And then when I finally got to a place that morning where I looked up at the ceiling and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep waking up wanting to die and hating my life. And it's not like my life was that bad, you know, and, and, but at the same time, everyone's prison, self-imposed prison is their own prison, right? Like I know people who have millions of dollars in the bank, who live on the water, who are miserable, who want to take their own lives. So it's not about how much money we have or how much uh, success we perce we're perceiving to have on the outside. It's about each person's individual sense of wholeness. And I think, not to be too esoteric, but I really do believe that when a person really gets to know the dark side of themselves and really gets to know those demons, that's when we can fully align with our light as well. Because those dark pieces of us, those dark thoughts, those dark feelings, those limitations are there because they're trying to communicate something. And so in those moments, like when someone is alone and they're feeling, you know, very isolated or they're feeling alone, that's the exact time that they need to find support and they need to communicate what's going on because otherwise it's going to get worse. It's going to move into a spiral. And there's a lot going on in the world right now. You know, we don't, we don't have to have these traumatic traumas to feel 
like life is out of control. Like just turn on the news, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I, I try not to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I don't either, and I agree. Like it's not it's not that hard to find to find the dark clouds, which is why it's so important that we need to really overemphasize the positive and overemphasize the importance of being in healthy environments with healthy people that will support us and nurture us and remind us how amazing we are because sometimes we forget. And I really believe that all of those situations like what you've been through and what I know a lot of your guests have been through and your listeners, I don't believe anything happens in vain. I think every situation, every experience catapults us into something greater. And, you know, just like, you know, being swindled of thousands of dollars, last year by someone that I really cared about, you know, that was a lesson. And I'm not, I'm not shaming that person anymore because that person gets to sleep at night or doesn't. That's not my problem. You know, if that person feels that that's what makes them whole and complete, it's up to me to be smarter about who I lend money to and who I, um, who I live my life with. And I think you know, yes, lessons are painful sometimes, but what I continue to remind myself is that I have integrity and that I have a willingness to grow and um, and serve. And I think there are certain things that can't you can't put a price tag on, you know, like the lessons I know you've learned. I mean, you're helping millions of people now. And if you didn't have that experience, you wouldn't be able to do it the way you do. And so it's really an invitation for us to just, I think, humble ourselves and ask, instead of why is this happening to me, ask how can I use this to serve others? And I heard you ask the question once, how long do you want to suffer? And that's true. It's all up to us, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. And that's good. Yeah, and, and I love that you reminded me of that because it's really that right? It's suffering is optional. Like in the yogic tradition, um, you know, in Buddha, uh, Buddhism, that's what they talk about, which is life is going to happen. You know, life is going to hit us between the eyes. And sometimes it's going to be not fun. (laughs) And it's in those highs and lows, where we get to find the the bliss. And, you know, when I think about people, let's say, in other parts of the world, right, we're very privileged that we get to live in America. And I think we have a lot of wonderful rights, and we have a lot to be grateful for. And just as easily, we have a lot of things we could complain about and moan about and cry about. And, you know, when I think about these amazing people that have very little, like, to eat, you know, and they're begging on the street. Like, I remember when I was in Um, a couple countries in Central America and the kids would come up to the car and they would come with like, you know, like these little potted uh, pottery bowls that they would make from clay. And they didn't have like these fancy pottery stations where the, where the bowls were smooth and, you know, extravagant and, and they were sold for 60 bucks for this bowl, right? It was this little thing that they made with their bare hands and they would, beg for money so that they could eat and take it back to their family. And they were smiling, you know, and here I am with my car and, you know, my, my fancy, you know, bags and shoes and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, like it doesn't take a lot to be happy if we really understand what happiness is and we really understand 
the depths of, I, I think, life is not about, doesn't mean we can't have stuff. Of course we can have stuff, but we have to understand that that stuff isn't going to be our vehicle for, for joy and happiness. And I think sometimes we have to lose things, including our sanity, <laughs> in order to get perspective on what that is, if that makes oh. any sense. No, I totally agree, and I was just thinking that, you know, happiness is what is not what we see on Facebook. It is because that is just a portrayal of, of what people think people want to see. Um, I'm like you. I mean, when I was at, when I was 15, we had a fire in our home, and, and we lost almost everything. And I think that was the one lesson that I learned uh, early on is that things don't matter. What matters is that people are okay and that stuff doesn't matter. And perhaps that was why I was so willing to give, you know, so much money away to someone who I thought that was part of my family because for me, family was everything. But I also realized that family members are the ones that are 60% of the time going to take advantage of you. And that's a sad thing. Um, but you've learned a lot. And, and I also heard you say, you know, that there's a falsehood that we think that success is a linear thing. As a child, you know, we're always taught to strive to do this, do this, be better, you know, and, and this kind of goes into your real estate. I heard you say this about real estate, about, um, you know, when, when you get married and you're going to have a family, then you're going to get a big house and yada, yada, yada. Can you kind of explain your idea of what success is and the strategies of, of this getting through the straight line of life or not? Oh, yeah, that's a juicy question. Um, so my uh, interpretation of success or my definition has changed over the years. And I think right now, really success for me is being in the present moment. And it's learning to love the ups and the downs. And I had a really, um, I didn't expect to talk about this one, but it's coming out for a reason. So um I had a really recent, in the last two weeks, amazing experience. And it was all with uh, someone from my past. And I, I felt like if I could redo some of the things that I had done wrong, quote unquote, like the mistakes I made, um, if I ever had an opportunity to re, uh, revisit the situation, I would do it different. And I would let this person know, you know, not every single thing on my heart, but a lot that was on my heart. And I would, I would make every effort I could to restore uh, integrity, not just with the person, but with myself. And I was able to do that. And to me, that's success. That's knowing that I can look myself in the mirror and I can say, I did it my way. And I did it in a way that I feel good about. And I don't have regrets. And... We're human. We are going to make mistakes. If we're not making mistakes, we're not living fully. And um, I think in those mistakes, we also get to clean them up. So to me, success is that. It's being in the present moment, and it's also clearing, clearing space for things to be not, – I don't want to use the word right, but to be, um, to be able to look in the mirror and say, I love myself. That's success. Well, and it, it all starts with forgiving yourself first. 
and that's the hardest. I, I found that the hardest, you know, after my scam. Uh, the first question that he asked me is, could I forgive him? And I'm saying, like, you just scammed me out of a million dollars, can I forgive you? And I realized that I had to forgive him so that I could move forward. But I really had to forgive myself to become whole again. Because we are our worst critics, our own worst critics. And the shame game comes from outside many times with victim blaming, whatever. But until, and you've said this before, until we own our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then we're not going to be successful in whatever, you know, what, however we define success. Because we're not going to be able to move forward. We, you know, I've met people that are, are reliving past hurts for 60 years. And that's where the control freak in me comes out. And I'm like, just get over it, you know. Um, but it's not, and that's why you know your bouts of depression are, are interesting to me because I have a, a child who's going through some of that, and I don't quite understand it. And part of me just wants to say, get over it, you know, lift yourself up, put on your big boy panties, and and move on. Um, but I'm sure there's many things in life that just haven't been talked about. And again, when you said something about when you were coming out of this, you you um, got a coach or a mentor. Some people get therapists. Um, as a mom, sometimes I am looking at them, obviously, through my eyes, thinking, if it were me, I would do it this way, this way, this way. And we're too close to the situation where a therapist or someone that's trained professionally has no emotional attachment to what we're doing or what we're going through and can see it in a better light. And that's what you do as a coach now, that you've got the experience from personal, your personal experiences but you can help people through. So how, how do you help people get through their quicksand of life? What are you doing right now that, that uh, your mission in life? Well, there's a couple things. And, you know, it's interesting that because I've heard um, in the last couple of weeks, this actually is my second, maybe third uh, parent that shared with me what their, you know, not in detail, obviously, but shared that their child is going through something similar to this. And I think what's happening right now is especially with the world the way it is, I think there's a lot more empaths showing up and being uh, uh, revealed, right? Like uh, those of us that are really sensitive, we, we feel a lot and it's intense. And sometimes it's so intense that we just need to kind of go in um, and we can get trapped there. And so the challenge with that is, like you said, it's if we're too close to the to the wound, we can't we can't support the person in the way that they need because of our own filters and because of our own way of knowing them, right? Like if my sister or my parents knew then what I was going through, they were going through their own challenges, and it was just it was too close to the fire, you know. And um, I think what's really important is to know that there's different tools. Like, um, for example, I use Ho'oponopono with a lot of my students and even in my own healing, right, my own journey work, which is a Hawaiian prayer. And it's an amazing, amazing prayer. It's like magic. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's really, it's very simple prayer. It's four phrases, um, but it's very deep. And I've been trained in how to work with people on it. So there is a technique to it, and there's actually a whole you know, certification process for those that are interested. 
Um, I also do a lot of yoga and meditation work with people. And when I say yoga, I don't mean just getting on the mat and stretching. Like yoga comes in a lot of different forms. There's actually uh, kundalini yoga, which deals with a lot with addictions and with helping people um, energetically as well as spiritually, not just on the physical level. So there's a lot of different tools. And then there's also something that I've been trained in, which is called soul language. And that's something that is very, very uh, unique in the sense that it's, you know, it is definitely esoteric and it's definitely on the woo-woo side. Um, But what I've learned is that the world can be really confusing when we don't understand ourselves. We can get swept up in an ocean of chaos and confusion. And if we don't know who we are, that ocean just perpetuates and gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where we start to we start to float, and uh, or not float. It's more like we um, like a buoy. We're lost in an ocean of confusion and chaos. And so, having a support system, having you know, whether it be a coach like myself or like you or someone who's um, been through their own level of ocean, right, and now is on the other side, who can see the anchor available for someone who's hurty or suffering, I think that's really the key, is having, having a support system. And it can be a health care professional, it can be a mental health practitioner, um, you know, it could be, just depends really on what the person needs. And um, I'm a big proponent of coaches. Like I have multiple coaches because I'm not willing to risk not doing it anymore. Like I've tried it my way, right? And my way wasn't working. So I said, you know what, I need to humble myself and I need to ask for help. And now that I get help, my life is abundant and it's not perfect. I mean, it's far from perfect. I have bad days like everybody, but, um, but I can see the shoreline. And so when I do have an off day or I have a day where I'm not feeling well or um, I'm a little off kilter. They're they're not days usually. They're hours. There sometimes it's an hour. You know, I go for a walk and I change my state, my physical state, and I say, okay, I've, you know, I, I've had my pity party this morning. Now I can move on with the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. And um, it's life changing, you know, because like you said, we we get to take accountability and control of our situations, the good and the bad, and that takes a lot of strength to do that because you know nobody wants to admit like I understand you know bad things do happen to great people yeah that just, doesn't have to get stuck there you know that's right that's right and, it, and it's really recognizing for yourself that there's something not quite right and mm-hmm. uh, you know I've had these discussions where I get frustrated and that frustrates the conversation and then nothing gets talked about that's you know of any consequence and they feel, leave with bad feelings, and it's just like, oh, you know, what can I do to understand, or, or why is this happening, or you know, why don't they just do something? Um, and you, you, I heard you talk about um, at one point when you were really low that you realized that you wanted to do whatever you could to get out of what, where you were, to get better. And you aren't a medicine person, and I've heard this thrown at me too. I'm not a medicine person, but sometimes medicine is is there for us to, to kind of lift us out. I mean, not to be overly medicated, but can you kind of explain how you, I know you do a lot of stuff that's 
um, internal and, and holistic in that, but was there a time when you, you had to take some medicine to get through this? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that was an interesting experience because when I got to the point of looking up at the feeling that day and um, kind of I call that like my, you know, that was my, my real aha moment. Um, I was at a point where I was really resisting medication because I, I'm just, you know, my own personal beliefs about medication and I'm not against it by any means. I just didn't want to go that route. And so my first time when I went through depression, I didn't take any medication and I didn't even go to therapy. And then um, later I ended up doing therapy, right? And so when the second depression came back or the second episode of depression, I was resistant again to the medication. And then I started doing research and I was taking, I was actually on some medicine for um, uh, feminine uh, reproduction, right? I was in birth control. And for me, I was linking, I was doing a lot of research and I started to notice this link between depression and birth control. Mm -hmm. And I was doing tons and tons of studies and I have a lot of friends that are, you know, into the natural stuff. And one of them specifically was like, you really need to pay attention to this. And, you know, I'd been on the pill for like 10 years, maybe more, maybe 18, I think 18 years or something like that. Like I wasn't going to just stop, you know? And then I thought, okay, let me, let me try this. And I was, you know, in a place in my life where it made sense and I was okay with it. So I slowly um, started doing other research and started looking and noticing like, hey, there might be a link here. And I eventually, I did actually take myself off of the pill and um, found that I was still having a lot of, a lot of the, not symptoms, but well, yeah, I was having similar symptoms, but the thoughts were different. And so it was at that point where I was literally willing to take um, other medication, like more like, uh, you know, I was told Prozac or whatever I needed, right, in order mm -hmm. to, to help with the depression. And so I was willing, but I was also willing to undo everything else. Like I changed my eating. I went for hormone uh, checks because I thought maybe it was my hormones, maybe I was like early uh, menopause. I, I tried everything, you know, I, I, I was exercising, I was uh, reading, I was meditating, I was doing yoga, I was doing everything I possibly could. I started working with essential uh, oils and um, flower essences, which was a huge, huge blessing. The flower essences definitely made a difference and I still use them to this day and the essential oils. Um, and so I started really looking at all of the layers. And so I was willing to integrate new things, but I said not until I eliminate the other things first. And so for me, it was about really getting really, really serious. And I was scared. I mean, I was so not wanting to change my eating habits. Like I liked meat. I liked dairy. I love ice cream. I love you know, all these things. And I said, okay, try it for 30 days. So I did a vegan challenge for 30 days. I eliminated dairy and meat. And I actually felt amazing. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. So I got off the pill. And then I was doing the challenge. And now I'm not 100% vegan. You know, I, I still occasionally eat meat. Um, even but I'm much more aware, much more conscious of what I eat and how I function. And that's what it took, you know, and if it means you have to stop eating sugar or you have to eat 
you know, different foods. Like, it got to a point where I said, this is my life at stake. And it's either I get really serious about what I'm doing to myself or I'm going to be in a ditch. You know, my parents are going to put me in a coffin. Like, what? Wh- how, how could I do that to them? You know, and that's where I was at. I was in such a mental breakdown at that point. And I, and I am grateful because everything that they were going through, I said, I can't do that to them. They have enough on their plate. And, um, and it was, I mean, I, I don't mean to make it sound like it was so severe, but it was, it was, I was, I was at a place where I was starting to look at options and how I was going to, um, get myself out of my misery. And it's a scary place. And that's happening quite a lot, and especially now with people so uh, socially distanced and isolating and, and quarantining and all that, is there, there is such a high uh, rise in depression and in suicide, and, and that's really, that is a very dark place. Um, I love your, your whole body type of a thing, because I've seen that. I've seen the effects of brain chemistry and whatever, and, and obviously, audience, we are not doctors here. We are just going from personal experiences. Um, but things like for a young man, for, you know, I, I hate to throw my son under the bus here, but, you know, testing for testosterone at age 19, who in the world would do that? But we found out that there's a problem there and, or there's, you know, a deficiency. And I'm like, so now I'm thinking, well, how many young men that have had troubles at 19 and are going through these crazy things may have a chemical imbalance that nobody's looking at, nobody's testing because it's not you know, something we would normally test. Um, how many women in their 50s are going through these crazy changes in their, you know, I'm looking back at my grandmother's when uh, mental health wasn't even a, a huge issue or we didn't recognize it back then. And uh, the crazy things my grandma used to do. And I was talking to my mother the other day. I said, you know, our, our, and again, mental health was a, um, we looked at it kind of funny. You know, there was a stigma to it. And I'm like, well, mom, is there a history of some mental deficiencies, mental illnesses in the family? Look back at A, B, C, and D person. Um, and is it genetic, you know, or does it pass on? Or, you know, what can we do to be a little more aware because it's affecting us on our daily lives? And that's when we put up the smile and we hide, you know, as the woman behind the smile because we want everybody to think we're fine. And I heard that in your story so many times that you just wanted the world to think you were fine. And fine doesn't always re- really mean great. <laughs> you know? I have a friend who uh, had a book called Fab to Find or Find a Fab, whatever it was. It was great. And it was not a, a really good acronym. Um, but thank you for bringing that up. And I, and I, you know, I don't want to stay in the dark place because you just, I look at your picture and I put one on, on the show page where you had your hair up in. Oh, no, I guess you had your, your uh, headphones on. It looks like uh, the gal that was in Star Wars, Carrie Fisher, with her little braids yeah. on her ears. It's just cute. You have a cute smile on your face, and you're bubbly all the time that we see you, and you, you are reflecting that abundance. And I know you've had the dark spot, but it's really lovely to see how you picked yourself up. So um, how can people get a hold of you? Let's get that out here now, and then I'll put it on the on the show page later on. But how can they get a hold of you if they want to talk about yoga or some of the other, what I call the frou-frou things or the woo-woo things, um, which really do help, 
you know, if in certain ways. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much, Debbie. I love I love sharing my experience if it can help others and I love the work I get to do in serving people. So the best way actually, and I'd love to offer um, your listeners a free gift, is actually they can text me to the number 64600 and you can just type the word yoga. Just like you're sending I a text message, you text the word yoga to the number 64600 and uh, I'd love to share with them a free gift on some options and how they can actually uh, gain internal peace in less than 90 seconds. I have a little um, method that I teach and it's really simple and, and quick and helps people change their state in less than a minute and a half. I could have used that right before the show stopped when I got a call from a family member saying, I need a pep talk. And I'm like, this is not the time for me to give you the pep talk. <laughs> Here's Regina's 90 seconds. Um, so thank you, everybody. Yeah, 64600 text the word yoga, Y-O-G-A, and, uh, and take advantage of that. And Regina is also a very successful realtor in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. So if you're in that area and you're looking for a place, um, please, you know, look her up. Um, and also you do, you started something with women investing. Is that right? Is it investing yeah. in real estate? Yeah, actually, I love that you, you brought that up. Thank you. Um, I actually have a, a group called Conscious Women Invest. And I'm working right now to teach classes and help coach women on how to invest in real estate. And, um, yeah, it's been fun. We actually, we used to have a, a group where we would meet um, live. We'd have live events every month and classes and networking. And so I'm going to be starting that up again. Well, so. perfect. We'll, we'll uh, get that out to our audience, too, because there a lot of women, you know, that have had – changes, major changes in their life in the mid-50s. Some are looking for new new opportunities, and especially financial opportunities. So thank you for, for doing that. Now, Regina, I told you before that we always bring um, Dr. Tim McGinnis in. Tim is the founder of the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams, or SCARS, and I'm on the board of SCARS. We have a great organization worldwide. And Tim is going to come on if I unmute him. <laughs> And uh, he actually sent me a little um, a message today when we were talking about suicide prevention. He, he sent me a great um, slide about World Suicide Prevention Day. So, Dr. Tim, are you there? I am here. Hey, Tim. Meet Regina. Hello, Regina. Hi, Tim. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Um, definitely... Congratulations on the arc of, of your journey and getting to where you are today. Uh, so many people that we deal with who are involved in manipulative relationship scams go through similar processes. Many do not make it out of that. In fact, only about 30% of victims of relationship scams and there are about 27 million of those worldwide, only about 30% actually do recover, get to a place of, of happiness again. Um, about a third of them will stay in denial and self-imposed misery in one nature or another. About another third get trapped in their anger. They're mad at the world and cannot seem to get over that. Now, interestingly enough, um, this month, September, is Suicide Prevention Month, 
And it is important that everyone understand that there is no shame in, in asking for help, that uh, Suicide Lifeline is available 24-7, 365. Every country on the planet, maybe with the exception of North Korea or Iran, have suicide prevention hotlines available, whether it's Albania to Nigeria to Brazil to Costa Rica to the Philippines. There are telephone numbers available for everyone. All they need to do is go online and do a quick search for them, and they'll find their local suicide prevention hotline. In North America, it's Suicide Lifeline. And the truth is, you don't have to call if you're feeling suicidal. If you just need someone to talk to whatever hour of the day, they're great listeners. They don't know anything about scams, but they know how to listen and how to help somebody through a moment of crises. And today, September 10th, is World Suicide Prevention Day. So it's very important to be able to talk about these topics, and they relate to the world that that Debbie and I also live in the world of scam victims because we, we reach about a million people a year through our social media and another million uh, with some overlap, I imagine, through our various websites. And depression is a common characteristic of most victims of crime. Uh, people go through their grief cycles, and hard as that is, one of the things about being in a relationship and having a relationship ending, whether it's fake, whether it's real, whether it's your dog died or, or whatever it may happen to be, is you develop dependencies on the hormones in your brain. And when the person or the relationship is gone, you have this both abundance of hormones and also an addiction to the hormones in your brain that takes time to fade away. Um, there's a million things that can cause hormonal imbalance in your brain, and I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm not going to try and offer medical advice, but one of the things that you also touched upon is how bizarre the influences of medications that we take can be. Uh, we'll be publishing an article on a study that essentially is reporting that regular taking of Tylenol because of some of the base chemicals that are in those uh, pills can actually cause behavioral changes, high-risk behaviors, for example. Um, but um, my own personal situation was I had a marriage of 22 years that was ended because of a medication that my wife was taking that caused quite severe paranoia. It was ironically an acne medication uh, called Accutane. Mm. And it's now known that that drug causes those kinds of hormonal imbalances and literally psychotic behavior that created a false situation that resulted in that way. And I'm, you know, I'm not pleading boo-hoo is me as much as when you are feeling that the world is not right, it is vital to look at everything in your life and start making a checklist, either mentally or physically, and go down through the list. What are the things in your life that are going on? Are you taking medication? Do you have a relationship that doesn't feel right? 
do you have a familial situation that is going off the rails? Uh, is it a job? Is it a financial situation? Is it your auto insurance? Is it your cat or your dog or whatever it may happen to be, a noisy neighbor? Negative feelings, negative emotions can be triggered by a vast number of things. I am an anthropologist, so I tend to look at things from a tribal point of view. So it is important. Everybody needs a sense of belonging. And equally importantly, everybody needs a sense of being useful in whatever it is that they do and in whatever tribe they exist within. Those two things are the foundation of inherent unhappiness. And it exists for scam victims especially because you had a relationship that was fake from day one. So all of a sudden, you, your total self-esteem is destroyed because everything that you thought about yourself turned out to be based on something that was fake. And then secondarily, you feel like you're completely and totally useless because you thought you were contributing to something and found out that it was fake and unreal. And it can destroy everything about your life if it's allowed to. Unfortunately, most people aren't going to get back on the yellow brick road by themselves. People need help, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's no shame in asking for help, whether it's through a support organization like SCARS, againstscams.org, or whether it is through local counseling, local therapy, alternative therapies can be a way to get there. But many times these challenges run so deep that people substitute one problem for another. An example of that is if you're feeling depression and you use exercise as a way out, what you may actually be doing is substituting one hormonal addiction, so to speak, and depression is, in fact, a hormonal addiction in many respects. You're living off of the hormones that are in your brain, um, causing those negative feelings. And if you go out and, for example, you go into CrossFit and you exercise like crazy and you flood your body with uh, endorphins and, and dopamine, you can become addicted to that very easily. So whatever you do, Seek guidance, seek counseling, and seek proportion. Don't go from one obsessive state to another obsessive state. And especially in the case of scam victims, it's really important to understand these and to more importantly understand that you're on a journey that started with the discovery of the scam and all of the roller coaster ride that that is to a place where you can be yourself again and recover. And that's not a journey that happens overnight. This is a journey that happens over months. For some, it's a journey of years. But there's no shame in acknowledging the fact that it's going to take time and it's going to take help. So thank you, Debbie, for the opportunity to talk about that. Well, thanks, Tim. And uh, Regina, you know, Thank you so much again for sharing your story today and, and I really, I, I learned from you that you have to own what's happened in your life, you have to take responsibility and I heard you talk at one point where 
you know, taking responsibility is like, oh, I don't want to be responsible for his mess or her mess, but you made the comment about if there is a mess on the floor in your kitchen, it doesn't matter who start, who created it, it's up to you to clean it up. Right. You remember saying yeah. that? I love to, I love that because when I, my kids were little, it was always like, oh, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. You know, it's like nobody did it. I had a fourth, fifth child called nobody. <laughs> nobody did it. Um, so just real brief, can you just give us some closing thoughts about how to how to turn our mess into success and live more passionately? Yeah, and again, thank you so much. This has been so fun, um, and I love I love Tim what you shared, and it's poignant, right? Right now, I didn't realize what today's date was um, in relationship to what we're chatting about, and really, I would say choose, right? Choose joy, and choose to live a happy, abundant life because that's what I believe we all deserve and we all have that opportunity. We just have to be willing to take that decision. And that comes with a little bit of a price, but it's worth every penny in my Absolutely. opinion. And I heard you say one time too that you know that three three tips were to find a mentor, find a coach. Um, just do it. You know, just go ahead and do it. Don't think about it. And I've had those discussions where I'm like, just do it, you know. Um, and then have fun in your journey. This is a journey, and it's not linear. Like we said, it's up and down. It's sometimes in those dips that we find the greatest uh, meaning in our lives and find the purpose for why we're going through this life together. Um, so, again, thank you so much for being our guest. You're a lovely young woman, and I wish you all the best in your pursuit with your yoga. And, again, everybody text 64600 and the word yoga and get some Free, free things from from Regina, and uh, good luck with your real estate and your coaching and all that. And uh, Dr. Tim, thank you for your work that you're doing with the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. Um, we're going to close today's show, and if there hey, are Debbie. any questions, yes, sir. Can I inject one thing? Anybody who is feeling alone and vulnerable and needs someone to talk to, they can call one eight hundred. 273-8255-247 anywhere in North America and reach someone who will be a caring listener. They may not be your family, they may not be your friend, but they are there to listen and help talk you off the ledge, figuratively and literally. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. And also, if you're looking for an appropriate counselor, you can go to psychologytoday.com, and they have a full directory of counselors and therapists throughout the United States. That's great, Tim. Thank you very much. And, and locally here in Palm Beach County, it's the 211 Helpline, which I have worked with uh, a lot in the past, and uh, they're great people, and they're just a phone call away. So please, or text away. A lot of uh, young, young adults would prefer to text now than to call. So you can go to 211.com also and find it online. So thanks, everybody. I appreciate you being here as um, our guests and listeners to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. If you or, any, if you or anyone you know has been a victim to fraud or scam, report it to anyscam.com or ic3.gov. And remember now to join my Facebook group, Stand Up and Speak Up, for special information and replays. And be with us each Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. for another edition of Stand Up and Speak Up. This episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. Anybody struggling with the pins and needles or the numbness in their extremities should check out 
the products at BenfoComplete and use the special discount code STANDUP for a 5% discount. Again, thanks everybody for being here. Have a great week. Uh, have a special day. Be careful and uh, just be aware. Be aware and beware of what's out there and around you. So thanks very much and have a great day.